living without anger is one of the most enjoyable things I've ever experienced in my life, and it's all due to God. And it's a beautiful thing to be free from the bondage of that sexual sin. Kids with cancer don't look this healthy and have this much energy and joy. Um, it was just a testimony of God's goodness and His grace. The Holy Spirit just told me, no, I've set you free from that. You don't ever have to go back to that. And from that point on, I just knew that the Lord had completely set me free. Hey everyone, happy Thanksgiving from all of us at Pure Life. For our First Love Radio listeners, we're about a week early with that greeting, but the sentiment still goes. Today we're taking a break from our parenting series to do a special episode focused on praising God for His goodness and His mercy in our lives. Throughout our show, you'll be hearing firsthand from men and women who have seen God's goodness as He brought them through painful trials and delivered them from life-dominating sins. I'll also be talking with Pastor Ed Book and Jordan Yoshimine about a variety of topics centered around the theme of gratitude in the Bible. It's our hope that by the end of the show, you too will be giving thanks to the Lord for all that He has done. All of that is coming up on this special episode of Purity for Life. One of the reasons that I wanted to bring this up is because at Thanksgiving, which is when this episode is playing, it's a time I think for a lot of people that brings up all the reasons why they shouldn't be grateful rather than inspiring them to gratitude. I mean, think about a mother whose son ran off or a wife now family is here and we're supposed to act like we're a happy family, but really my husband has been cheating on me or he's in pornography. Nobody else knows, but I know, and so I've got to put on a happy face for all the relatives. So I thought that it would be a very appropriate time to talk about why gratitude is so important in the Christian life. Well, I'm glad to join you here for that purpose, Nate. So that's a good comment. So, okay, then I'll just open it wide open for you. What comes to your mind when when I talk about something like that? Well, what comes to mind is uh, how important it is to have our life in God as really the central thing in our life, in our thinking, in our heart, because if we have other people or jobs or circumstances there in that central role, then we're in trouble. And when things go awry in those areas, as they inevitably do and will in many ways, uh, we end up losing our sense of gratitude, losing our ability to praise mm-hmm. the Lord through the midst of all of that. But when he's at the center like he belongs, we always have a reason to give gratitude, to give praise. And when that engine, if you will, mm-hmm. of praise is at work in someone's life, it spills over into yeah. those other areas and you're you're just able to cope a whole lot better. Hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I guess I would frame it in the way that um, we need to see Jesus as, a, as central. What I mean by that is 
when you see Jesus as central, understanding his characteristics and his attributes. So for me, the main attribute that I concentrate on and as a biblical counselor would say is God's understanding God's mercy and just how merciful he's been. Because when you, man, when you get a side of God's mercy and what that means to us individually, circumstances aside, right? I mean, taking, you know, any adverse, like you're talking about a wife whose husband's in pornography. No, get your eyes off circumstances, get your focus on Jesus and the person of Jesus Christ and see his great mercy and the father sending the son down to to take the form of man um, and die on the cross for our sins, to take the um, stain of sin for us, to offer a way of redemption that mercy then hopefully, you know, it doesn't always happen, but what hopefully when he is central in your life, gratitude just is, as Pastor Ed said, a spring of life. Mm-hmm. It is a, out of our hearts come rivers of living water. Yeah. Mercy and gratitude are so intertwined together. It's almost like you can't have one without the other. When you understand God's great mercy, then what bubbles out to the surface is gratitude forget circumstances, well, not forget, but really take your eyes off circumstances, put your focus on Jesus and the character and the person of Jesus Christ and who he is Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful to Jesus for delivering me out of a life of dead religion and legalism and bringing me into a life of real relationship with him and a peace that passes all understanding. When the Lord brought me to Pure Life, I remember being here one month and thinking to myself, wow, like, there's not much wrong with me. And hearing everybody else saying, the Lord is showing me my pride. I can't believe, like, how I've not seen this, how I've been deceived my whole life. And so I really began to cry out and ask the Lord, show me if there's something that I'm missing. And I would go out to the ridge in the evenings, uh, stay late in the chapel, crying out to the Lord because I wanted something to change. Nothing was changing. And he answered that prayer. So the Lord showed me in Ezekiel 8 what the priests were doing, which was giving the sacrifices, doing their spiritual rituals, which was what they were required to do, but inside they were actually worshiping the gods of the nations around them. Their hearts were wicked. Their hearts were idolatrous. That's the same way I was. You know, when I was in my sin, I wanted to put up an image, a facade, a false front that other people could see and really affirm me that oh, this guy is a spiritual person. And just that false front where behind that I was hiding sin. Um, Even though I didn't watch TV, I didn't watch worldly movies, I didn't engage in different outward things, there was inside of me, there was this hidden world of lust, of self-gratification, and eventually it turned into pornography. That was what my life looked like. Outside, perfect inside what vile and wicked so he answered that prayer and he has always answered that prayer and began to show me who i was inside 
things that I'd never seen before, how prideful I was when I interacted with this person or that person in that conversation, the thing that I said, how selfish it was. And I was reading the Word and seeing how Jesus was walking with sinners, didn't despise them, but received them. And now I began to see myself as that sinner. And so as the Lord began to work in my heart in that way, I began to repent and come to the Lord as a sinner instead of this righteous person. And the Lord began to give me that peace uh, that I never had before because I was always trying to strive, strive to have something, strive to feel good, strive to be perfect. But now the Lord was filling me with his peace because I was resting in his righteousness. And now the Lord is all of it for me. He's my life. He's my righteousness. Yeah, he's the substance that I always lacked. So I don't go around feeling empty anymore. I have Jesus and I love him for that. I first wanted to start out and saying I give praise to the Lord Jesus Christ. He has redeemed Mike from the hand of the enemy of his sin, and he has redeemed me from my sin and become his child. But he redeemed me also with being able to forgive and to not let the root of bitterness take hold of my heart. But it's only because of what he's done. And that's what I just want to share. I just want to make God's awesomeness and his holiness made known that there is hope in him. My marriage before Mike uh, came to Pure Life Ministry, it was a very hard marriage. It was a 36-year marriage of um, hard, very hard. Um, it was lonely. It was abusive. Uh, I was never enough. It was critical. Um, it didn't start that way. It just continued to downward spiral into suffering, um, just being suffocated and almost just living in a prison. It reminded me of Jesus. Before Jesus went and died and went to the tomb, he was betrayed like I was, um, but to a much greater level. Um, he was accused, he was mocked, he was lied about, he was abused, he was so many of those things, and he was placed in a tomb of darkness. And the thing that it made me realize is that Jesus could relate to all those things of the hurt in my heart that were so deep and so hard. And even during Mike and I's marriage, I always sought the Lord. He spoke to me over and over, and He ministered to me. And, you know, there would be things exposed, and God would tell me, forgive. And I'd forgive, and then it would happen again, and I'd forgive. And it was kind of like being cut, and then that it's healing up, and then it being opened again. And one time God spoke to me, and I just remember thinking, Lord, how many times? And the scripture came to me, like 70 times 7. And he said, Kim, I had to go through 
the cross for you, even if it would have been only one sin in your life. And believe me, there was way more than one in my own life. So, if I had to do that, then that means I did it for Mike's many that he did against you. But I still had to go to the cross for yours as well. And so it just really put in perspective as to God's amazing grace and forgiveness and mercy that he showed me first and that I had to offer it to Mike as well to walk in freedom, you know. And um, so I'm so grateful for that. And I know during those hard years, God would keep speaking to me, Kim, it doesn't matter what man does to you. It doesn't change who I am. I am still a good God. And then as God um, just kept you know, my faith, asking the Lord to uh, provide something that would just grab Mike's heart and understanding of how much God loved him, he brought Pure Life Ministry just miraculously on my computer by me searching out. I was looking for something else. And um, after Mike went, um, my life and my marriage now <laughs> is completely different. I've never experienced this in our whole marriage. It's loving. It's unity. There's kindness. There's thoughtfulness. There's gentleness. There's studying and praying and being in God's Word together. There's hope and there's healing. And I'm so grateful. Sometimes we talk about the fight for gratitude. And that's what I'm wondering about when you're talking about that. Um, sometimes it can be so hard to see God's mercy in specific circumstances. And... And what you had said about forgetting circumstances, um, it's almost like you have to see through them. You can't ignore them. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're overwhelming, I'm sure, in many cases. So you can't ignore them. Uh, but I think what Jordan's talking about is that you have a platform where God is central and I'm aware of his goodness, his mercy, and mm. how many blessings I receive on a regular basis. Mm. Even in the midst of all that seems wrong, there is a lot that seems right, and I can have mm. a relationship with God that is fully right in the middle of all of that, and then I have a platform that I can uh, express gratitude from, and it's sincere. It's not something I have to work at so hard. Mm. But on the other hand, I do want to say, you know, gratitude does deserve some focus, and maybe for some it doesn't come as easy as others or as natural as others. Mm consider in Israel's history, um, gratitude has been a command in scripture for forever, really. Yeah. Um, but And you go all the way back even to the early days where the sacrifices are presented there in Leviticus, and it talks about uh, people bringing an offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. And there were, you know, of course, rules and there was methods uh, prescribed for how to do that. But the fact that God foresaw that his people would just want to bring him thanksgiving offerings uh, right from the start. And then you see uh, by the time David is king, he's appointing men who uh, have a priestly duty of giving thanks to the Lord. That's their yeah, prescribed yeah. office. And 
ever since David did that, other kings have followed in suit. Uh, you fast forward like 300 years to Hezekiah's time, and he re-implements that in mm. the revival that occurs in Israel under mm. his reign. And by the time Nehemiah is building, rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, he again in, appoints men whose specific task is to give thanks to the Lord. That's their <laughs> duty, if you mm. will, because uh, all throughout Israel's history, this was an important issue and uh, need that had to be done. It had to be fulfilled that there were those who uh, were tasked with giving thanks to the Lord. It's that important. Then it deserves that kind of attention and focus. Well, I was raised in a good Christian home with godly parents and as far back as I can remember, I had a, a sincere desire to, to do what was right. Fast forward a couple years uh, to my senior year of high school, um, I started wrestling through some doubts and eventually came to the conclusion that just that God was real and that God was good. Um, I really just decided that I didn't feel like living with the ramifications of those two things being untrue, so I just decided to believe that they were true and let anything else fall away if, if it needed to. So fast forward a little bit further, two weeks before I graduated high school, two of my friends in high school passed away, just two weeks apart from each other. Um, and then eight months later, my father passed away from lung cancer. I just really started wrestling with, okay, how can, how can a God who is real and a God who is good allow something like this to happen? Basically, everything else just began unraveling. You know, the truth of God's word, um, his sovereignty, his involvement in my daily life. And really, I just ended up with this really confusing and complicated belief system that was really just a bunch of heresy and it was just a I was worshiping a god of my own creation. So coming into the residential program here at Pure Life, I I saw that the staff had something that I needed and I just decided that I was going to just take what they said and Give it a shot, basically, is, is kind of how I thought it through. And if God came through, great. And he did. He showed me that he is intimately involved in our lives on a daily basis, that there's nothing that happens in our lives that's outside of his control, and that he actually uses the, the things that Satan intends for evil, he uses them for our good. You know, the Lord, I mean, he brought our family together in a closer way after my dad passed away. Um, he revealed things about his sovereignty uh, through the deaths of my friends in high school. And I'm just really grateful to the Lord for what he did in that season. I'm, I'm grateful that he allowed me to walk through those very difficult circumstances and I, I wouldn't wish those circumstances on my worst enemy but I wish everybody in the world could experience the blessings that can come from an experience like that and I'm, I'm just very grateful to the Lord for what he did through that for how he revealed himself to me 
um, and just how he, yeah, I mean, I, in the program, I just fell in love with Jesus. You know, when you think of Thanksgiving, you have, um, Pastor Ed was talking about um, the Israelites. He talked about King David. And um, and I immediately thought of Psalm 92. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, almost I, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, um, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O God, have made me glad by, by your work and the works of your hands I sing for joy. Um, o great are your works, O Lord, your thoughts are very deep. And David, probably more than anyone, uh, I think we know his story fairly well, that he was anointed king and then for 13 years was on the run. Right. Feared for his life. So this men, man, we're talking about trials, knew adversity. He's, he feared for his life um, probably most of that time. And yet the Psalms is full of thanksgiving. He understood what it meant in the midst of trials to, to offer up what Pastor was talking about, those those that offering of praise, sacrifice, yeah. that sacrifice of praise. And um, even um, Psalm 42 talks about, oh, why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Oh, wait, but my hope is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And to give thanks for that, to understand um, that he is the creator, the maker, the the provider, I mean, you could go, the list goes on of who he is. Something happens uh, internally, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, when, we, when we're able to give thanks to the Lord in the, in the midst, through the trials. I guess you could go to even Romans 5, suffering produces endurance. It's like that endurance through the trials is kind of that thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And then that produces this, this, this godly character, which produces hope, right? Yeah. I think part of that endurance is, as David so yeah. aptly does throughout the Psalms, is, hey, part of the endurance is giving thanks in the midst of trials, in the midst of the storm, in the midst yeah. of, like, what's going on in the nation right now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's it's Thanksgiving is an amazing and a, really a pillar of the Christian faith, for sure. Yeah, the thing I'm thinking about while you're saying that is that Thanksgiving is a command. Mm-hmm. We're commanded to give thanks, but how many times when we choose to obey, God sweeps in with this life, and suddenly the thanksgiving is not so much just, I'm saying these things because I logically know I should and I'm obeying, but it becomes the spring of life. So what a gracious father we have that he would reward our obedience that way cuz we need gratitude as we need gratitude more than god needs to receive it i think yeah i think that's the way almost everything works spiritually Nate is really it seems like we're offering it or giving it to god but it's really for our sake as much as his or more than his yeah. really that he has us do it yeah yeah, you were talking about obedience, and it, it made me think of um, John fourteen twenty three, where it says, if anyone—Jesus answered him and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And it's like when we are obedient and giving thanks, it opens the door for God the Father 
and Jesus or the Holy Spirit to come in and make a dwelling place. So it's like it, it invites Jesus in and invites God into our hearts. It's pretty amazing that um, when we're obedient, that it op- that verse in particular says, man, the Lord's going to—if we're obedient to give thanks, the Lord— comes in and makes his dwelling place, and then the fullness of who he is can be realized in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's it's contagious. It's like people mm-hmm. want to be yeah. around, and it's not necessarily necessarily our positivity, but the the living water of Jesus Christ yeah. coming through the That's outpouring right. of of gratitude that they see. In July 2017, our four-and-a-half-year-old daughter, Vivian, was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And the cancer was all throughout her body. It was in her bones. Um, This awful disease was all over her body and causing her so much pain. So instantly, we're just thrown into a lot of fears, a lot of things that are just out of our control. The side effects of all the medication that they were giving her, this poison they're putting in her body was supposed to kill the cancer cells, was actually killing some healthy cells and doing some damage to her body and just praying over the the side effects that it could have had. Um, she could have had hearing loss, liver, kidney, any other organ damage and whatnot, and just um, the fears of what could go wrong. <laughs> She would just be in so much pain or have so many other side effects that that were just horrible that you no kids should have to go through. And just handing those over to the Lord and allowing Him to just work and praying over our daughter. And we just we um, we just had to surrender those to the Lord. It was really grieving and surrendering the what ifs, God, and. We trust you, Lord, and she is yours. <laughs> through that surrender and through just praising and thanking God, we found a lot of peace. I remember specifically in the first surgery that our daughter had to go through to get some tubes put in her chest. We ran to the chapel and we praised him, we thanked him, we worshiped him. God's presence just came and he lifted fears and he lifted burdens and that just continued to happen as we brought fears to the Lord. (laughs) We prayed over her and we had worship music playing in the hospital room night and day and things lifted. The joy and peace and instances that we saw in our daughter was beyond what the doctors could fathom. They said, people should see her. Kids with cancer don't look this healthy and have this much energy and joy. Um, It was just a testimony of God's goodness and His grace, um, His mercy over, over all of that. The atmosphere that we kept pursuing was an atmosphere of just thankfulness toward the Lord and praise toward the Lord and trust and faith, and He just continued to to show up. There was another instance where scans showed that her cancer was getting worse. Um, we were just battling on our knees in prayer and what the enemy wants to to use for, 
for evil and get us out with fear. Um, we just went to the Lord repenting and believing in His goodness and trusting Him. And despite how we were feeling, we pursued going after thanking God and praising Him. Um, I remember getting news of the scans. I couldn't stop crying that day. My husband, he said, I feel like the Lord is reminding us of the Battle of Jericho and walking around the city. And what if we're just going to praise and trust the Lord and keep walking? And what if they would have stopped walking after going around six times? We don't stop walking either. Because what if the walls of cancer come down tomorrow? And God actually showed up in a miraculous way. We had a big worship party, dance party with my kids, and the fears lifted. We were just praising Him for His goodness and His mercy. And the next day in the PET scan, the PET scan was completely negative, showing no active cancer, which was a complete miracle. So what we had been fearing, but pressing on against, um, in praise and worship, God just broke through. And we're just so grateful for His faithfulness and Him being with us through these trials, surrendering our ways, our thoughts, our feelings, and giving those over to the Lord, um, repenting and believing in His goodness, allowed the Lord to just begin to work in our hearts and deepen our faith and our walk and our praise and gratitude toward Him. How many guys, because I'm thinking about Psalm 50 that says, he who offers um, thanksgiving honors me to him who orders his way rightly, I will show my salvation. And I was just thinking about then also in terms of being delivered from some kind of sin, not that you make it a form, it's not like, oh God, I'll give you thanksgiving if you give me this, but it's just there's something very powerful about gratitude to break bondages as well. Yes, you're you're very right about that, Nate. Because you know, here at, at Pure Life, we often you know start in our counseling uh, talking about the spiral of degradation, and it's laid out there in Romans one uh, eighteen through the end of the chapter. That spiral of degradation that takes a person all the way down into any form of sin, really, but sexual sin Mm -hmm. is definitely even mentioned specifically in there and culminating in this debased mind, no relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. The very first step that leads to all of that is ingratitude. They were unthankful, it says Mm -hmm. in scripture. And that's the platform that leads to so much that is wrong in a person's life Mm -hmm. and especially in their relationship with God because they didn't remember to give thanks, to Mm -hmm. be grateful. And it's not just gratitude for the blessings. It goes beyond that. There is a gratitude that we can bring to the Lord for who he is that has nothing to do with what he's done for me or in me or through me, but is just recognizing that God alone, as he is, (laughs) is worthy of gratitude and thanksgiving because of his character, because of his nature. He is worthy of a gratitude beyond what words could ever convey. Mm. Yeah, sometimes that strikes me when I think about those things. It's like that those things can so easily become familiar to us. Like they don't hit us with the impact that they should, that God became a man and saw me and saw all of us 
in our sins and all this misery, he saw us and had compassion. Like that was his actual response because he could have had a lot of other responses. He could have just said, that's it. I'm done with the whole human race. They're all going to hell. And he's the only one who could, who actually has the power to control our destiny. And if he wouldn't have had compassion, we're all done for. I mean, forget our little, I I don't mean, for, (laughs) I don't mean to trivialize, but in comparison with eternal damnation, all of our trials here are very temporal mm-hmm. and could easily be um, overcome if we could just see the truth of what he's done for us. Yeah, the response is, well, then how do I see Jesus and his character? And, and, and you know, men in our programs will ask that a lot. You know, well, I, I understand it in my head, but it's not in my heart. And we often go to Matthew 7, 7 through 11, ask, seek, knock. It's like mm-hmm. you have to keep mm-hmm. asking. You have to keep knocking. You have to keep, you know, seeking the Lord. And he gives good things. He gives yeah. good gifts to those who ask. God wants us to to ask him. Mm-hmm. He wants mm-hmm. us to seek his face. Mm-hmm. He wants us to knock and be like the persistent widow. I would encourage anyone listening who says, well, I get what you're saying, but it's not reality in my life. I don't see Jesus. I don't see his character. Just start asking. Mm -hmm. The Lord is faithful. He is hearing your cries. He is hearing your desperation in in your heart. Um, That's my experience. That's my testimony is, you know, growing up in church but not having that reality of who Christ was and then my eyes being open. But I had to ask, persistently keep seeking him. And then when we see him, then that gratitude has a, a you know, then then it's going into fertile soil because mm-hmm. pre- the Lord has prepared it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I might add to that just, you know, don't forget the attributes of God. That's yeah. a great place yeah. to just start yeah. if you're looking for fodder to give thanks yeah. from. Uh, what if God wasn't sovereign? What if he wasn't all-powerful? Yeah. Uh-huh. What if he wasn't uh, present everywhere all at once? And, and just numerous other attributes. I love the way A.W. Tozer handled those in a series of sermons. And <laughs> yeah. I think he has a book out there and others have written more recently or spoken on those things. But I find that great uh, a great place to start if I'm struggling in any way hmm. to think of things to give thanks for. I can start right there with some of just who God is. And I would say in 2012, uh, shortly after my sin came into the light, I entered into a season of just a lot of darkness, fear, anxiety, uh, torment. Uh, During this season, I was enrolled in community college, and I remember uh, just progressively getting worse and it being harder and harder to focus. At the end of class, I couldn't remember what the professor said. I would get in my car and drive, drive home and would go to my bedroom and just lay down on the floor and basically have a panic attack. And just all I could remember uh, saying inside was, Lord, have mercy on me. Just have mercy on me, have mercy on me. And the predominant thought that plagued me was, I'm going to end up in a psych ward and die and wake up in hell. And I couldn't escape that reality the fear just kept growing, the anxiety just kept growing with that. Eventually got put on antidepressants. 
I remember sitting in my car outside of uh, the college I was attending and having the same thoughts, the same tormenting thoughts, blasphemous thoughts, uh, fear that I committed the unpardonable sin and just feeling numb. And that was worse than the feelings of anxiety and fear. So not too long after that, I was enrolled in the residential program. And during my time in the program, my counselor uh, just had me getting in the word, had me praying for other people and making gratitude lists. The Lord really used that to get my focus off of myself. I didn't realize how full of myself I was and how full of unbelief I was. And that the answer was to get my eyes on Jesus. And the Lord used those three things during my time in the program to really get my eyes on the Lord and to get a sight of Him and begin putting faith in me. And it got to the point where I was able to come off my medication. I didn't need it anymore. And when I graduated from the residential program, I, I went home to visit for a week or so. And during this time, I remember having this kind of fear come on me and the enemy saying that you're just going to go back to the, to the fear and the anxiety. You're going to go back to the panic attacks. And the Holy Spirit just told me, no, I've set you free from that. You don't ever have to go back to that. And from that point on, I just knew that the Lord had completely set me free. I wasn't going to have a panic attack anymore. I wasn't going to go back to that fear and that anxiety. And I know that the Lord um, used all of those things and ultimately just getting my eyes onto Jesus to set me free. And I will be forever grateful for that. Well, when I came into the program, I came as a very angry man. I grew up in a family of two drunks, and that immediately caused a huge amount of resentment and anger in my life. It progressed from there. I was completely disobedient to every authority in my life. I railed against teachers, coaches, employers. Upon my arrival here, I was put into a pool chemical factory as part of my job. And I had a young man who was a boss over me. One day he came to me in the morning and said that I had forgotten to take care of getting rid of some very volatile chemicals. And he said, well, I'm gonna take your safety bonus. Well, I looked at him and I couldn't even hear him after that point. The blood pulsed in my ears and my vision got red and I just stood there, and all I wanted to do to this young man was hurt him. And then that instant, I heard this still small voice say, if you touch this man, you're done. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. So I stepped away. I couldn't hear him. My ears were still pounding, but I stepped away, and I didn't act out. It ruined my day, but that evening I came back and I knew I had to talk to my counselor about what had happened. And when I shared it with him, he said, well, what do you think you should do? And I said, I think I have to repent. And he said, take out this mercy card and pray mercy for this man. And this is something we do here. It's basically a prayer just saying, bless this man, love him, Lord, fill him. And so I started praying that evening. And the next morning, I didn't want to say anything. But as soon as this young man came in, I grabbed him and took him to the side. And I literally had tears in my eyes and said, I wanted to hurt you physically yesterday, and I was wrong. I need you to forgive me. And he said, yeah, we're good. And I said, no, no, I need you to say, I forgive you. 
And he stopped for a second and he said, okay, I forgive you, we're good. That broke something in me that day because I started praying mercy for him morning and evening. And the difference in my heart from hating him to loving him by the end of my program and what it did to him during my time there was to make me appear to him more like a father figure. He started taking care of me. What I saw was I had wasted a lifetime being angry at everything and everyone that came against my flesh. And finally, because God is merciful, he took that from me. And literally, I can say I'm not that same man anymore. I don't rage, and I was a rage-filled man. So this rage-filled man became what one person characterized me as, as a softie. And I really like the change. Living without anger is one of the most enjoyable things I've ever experienced in my life, and it's all due to God. So I'm grateful. The Lord be praised for everything he's done, the blessings that he has given me to release me from the bondage of anger. I can't express it enough. Uh, it, it's, it's been replaced with joy, and I'm thankful. It just, it sounds like the, the big theme as we're talking is that really if we're, if we find ourselves eaten up with ingratitude, number one, it's a sin, it needs to be repented of right. for sure. But also it's just, we're way too big in our thinking. You know, our problems and our circumstances are consuming our energies and our time and our thoughts. And if we could somehow turn our attention, really turn our attention to God and see him for who he is, then like the like the song says, the things of this world will go strangely dim. Even our pain can grow strangely dim. Yes, that's true. And and I might even say that uh, we can get a different perspective on some of those things by mm. expressing gratitude for mm. them, for some of, uh, mm. you know, if we saw the character that God was really after, we hear this from wives who go through the uh, Pure Life program all the time that, you know, you know, they would never choose to have a husband who went deep into pornography or sexual right, right. sin, had to come to the residential program. No wife would willingly choose that, but I can't tell you how many times we hear the testimony that I wouldn't trade oh, what yeah, the Lord yeah. did in me after that either. You know, yeah. there, there, there's something about uh, the the character that they've gained, the relationship with God, the real deep knowledge of who he is in their life in the midst of all of those circumstances. So when our focus is the circumstances, it's hard to see any of that. If we start giving mm -hmm, gratitude, mm -hmm. I think it does help us, you know, even by faith, maybe we have to start giving gratitude. It right. says in scripture, you know, to give thanks always for all things to God the Father. Or in uh, First Thessalonians, it says, in everything give thanks. So if we just put that into practice and actually do those things, I think our perspective on even our trials and sufferings and pain mm -hmm. changes, and we can truly be thankful because we see the eternal purpose that God is actually accomplishing right here and right now in my life through it all. I am Stephanie Ehrenberg, and 
the Lord has worked in my marriage to Greg for 25 years. So after Pure Life, we had poverty level employment and then a bankruptcy. We um, were led to homeschool our children and um, we got, Greg got a promotion to manager which wasn't actually great. And then he had no job for 21 months, so we had no uh, regular income for 21 months. And we have had constant health problems and we've changed churches several times. So it's just been one storm after another um, for these 12 years afterwards. But the Lord has used each one to strengthen us in Him it's not the great prosperity that we hoped for or the great ministry that we hoped for or thought we would have but it's it's the lord digging in our hearts and opening the dark closets that we wouldn't let anybody see and exposing those things to the light and encouraging us to stay together through it all and to increase our desire to love and serve each other for his sake the lord has brought greg and me together to pray he's revealed his mysteries those of of the husband and wife being a picture of the church and jesus and how we are to lay our lives down for each other And he's allowed us to pray together as a family, all four of us, and to minister to each other. It's been hard for us these last two years. But it's been good as the Lord is shaping us and molding us into his image. That has been the greatest blessing of these last couple of years. So... Are there scriptures that you guys go to on a hard day to foster gratitude or to kind of prime the pump, if you will? I almost always start my devotional time or somewhere in my devotional time in the morning with some sort of psalms, Mm -hmm. a psalm, because it does, even without knowing specifically why he wrote that particular psalm, you know the kind of the baseline of his life, right? And so right. you know that he understood. If he's expressing gratitude, you know that it's coming from someone who's known adversity and known difficult circumstances or known depression. But he still gives thanks to the Lord. So mm-hmm. I could go. I mean, I could list you know ten psalms right off. You know, every service I'm saying, oh, this is my favorite psalm. Oh, no, this is my favorite psalm. <laughs> All right. Because there's just so many. They're just, you could just go on and on and on. Psalm 118, you know, Psalm 119. My go-tos are always, I, I just run to the psalm. Psalm 42 is a real good one when I'm down um, because it just says, my hope is in the Lord. You know, why mm-hmm. are you downcast? But it's like, no, I'm I, my hope is in mm-hmm. the Lord. It's in him. And refocusing me. Um that one in particular, Psalm 34, is a great one. Um, Taste and see that the Lord is good. I mean, Psalm 32, Psalm 51, if i am been in some sort of sin, you know, there's been some rebellion in my heart somewhere, you know, brings repentance mm-hmm. into, into my heart. Mm-hmm. 
personally for me, I just, one verse that's said in scripture about 25 times, I think, is uh, to give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy yeah. endures forever. Yeah. So you yeah. can pull that out of numerous yeah. passages where it's quoted. But um, that's real to me. And that's, you, you know, kind of maybe a a jump start uh, for giving praise. And the other thing I really like to do is just randomly, but every now and then, I don't even know what it is. Once every couple of months in my own personal prayer time in the morning, I'd like to just use that time to do nothing but give thanks to the mm. Lord. Mm. Uh, so I, I just restrain myself on that day mm. from asking him for anything or petitioning him for anything or even interceding for others in that moment. I I just want him to know that I love him and I'm grateful for who he is, what mm-hmm. he's done, how he's dealt with things already up to that moment in my life. And I want to tell him that for a whole hour, do nothing but say thank you. How does that, I'm just curious, how does that impact your day or your week or how do your walk? How is that? Yeah, for me, I, I think honestly, Jordan, it's like a spiritual reboot happens mm-hmm. almost. You know, mm-hmm. it just brings everything down to what's really important, and my focus is back on the Lord and who He is much more readily. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just a, a spiritual root reboot is the best way to say it, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Prior to coming to the residential program in 2015, I was living a double life good godly Christian exterior in many ways and active in my church and all that and but on the side behind the scenes there was a whole secret life of sexual sin and that life just permeated my inside being with a lot of fear a lot of uh, anxiety always trying to lie and cover up things and shame the things that I was involved with were just so dark and evil it was very shameful and And then there was the discouragement that just goes along with constantly living in defeat because I knew it was wrong. And when I came here to the residential program is where the Lord started to deal with my heart. I realized that sexual sin wasn't really the issue. I needed like a relationship with God that I thought I had but evidently was just absent because what God started to do was reveal the heart behind all these good works that I was living my life and propping my life up with. It's like I built a house that was built on nothing but self-righteousness and pride. And when the Lord revealed that to me and my house started to crumble, I realized that I wasn't nearly as good as I thought I was. And now I was in a much more desperate and serious state to seek the Lord and cry out for help. And in that like desperation is when I began to cry out to the Lord because I knew that if anyone was going to help me in this situation, it had to be God. I was battling with a lot of thoughts of just immorality, pornographic images, darkness, and I got very desperate, cried out to the Lord for help. And at one of those times where I was just really battling, I got very sick physically actually. I had like a an experience where I was vomiting, basically dry heaving, and a drop of blood came out after I had vomited. And it was like the Lord spoke to me at that moment, Luke, you will not be able to get through this without my blood. And it was at that point that I really began to appreciate God's love, appreciate his sacrifice, 
the cross, what it really meant for me personally. At one point I just remember crying out to him as I was overrun with lust and images and pornographic images and, and I just cried out to the Lord for help and he was there and the images left. And in that whole time I also realized how much more powerful God was than my sin because not only was the blood sufficient to cover my sin but it was also more powerful than the enemy. And it became very clear to me that God is much more powerful than my sin. And now, you know, I'm so grateful that I'm not in that same bondage, that I'm not in that same turmoil that I was. The fear and the shame of living a double life is gone. And it's a beautiful thing to be free from the bondage of that sexual sin. And I'm so grateful that the Lord is, not only did he free me from the sin, but he is still here and able to help me even today with my struggles. So as I continue to learn to walk in an increased poverty of spirit and learn to walk in humility, the Lord meets me every time and I'm really grateful that he is an ever-present help in time of need. I find it to be a real challenge at times, like things just want to press in and it's almost, it's easier to petition, it's easier to pray for specific needs, it's easier maybe even to like repent over things that are wrong. Um, and I, I've definitely been challenged by the Lord's Prayer because at the very beginning, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then at the end, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's like, I've been challenged that God should be the center of my prayer life, not me, not people's needs. He should really be the center. Even the praying for other people's needs, in a way, is for his glory. And I don't know, like, for me, being an American has just taught me that, no, you're the center. You're the center of everything, and you should be, because you're so important or whatever. It's like, man, I got to learn a whole new way of thinking. Yeah, that's definitely the flow that you have to fight against because, you know, the culture is definitely in that me first. The church, uh, unfortunately, is mm-hmm. very much caught up in in that mindset, uh, which is, again, probably one of the reasons why I started doing that, uh, yeah. where I would just have a morning where it's just gratitude. Mm. One of the things that uh, helps you, you were talking about people who maybe find it difficult to express gratitude. And I remember fairly early on in my own walk with the Lord, uh, I heard someone speak about, you know, giving thanks, giving gratitude. And he gave us four specific things that we could always be thankful for. And he even put it in the context of God never gets tired of hearing his people say thank you for these things. Mm -hmm. And it was for Jesus. It was for the blood, for the word of God. Where would we be if we didn't yeah, have yeah. the word of God to yeah. go to and get counsel and understanding and revelation from? Uh, and then lastly, the Holy Spirit, because that's the power source that we need. And we can thank God for Jesus, for the blood, for uh, the word of God, and for the Holy Spirit anytime, all the mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. God gets delight from hearing that. Mm-hmm. I will journal mm. on my mm. gratitude lists mm. and my gra- prayers of gratitude. And it's a nice kind of tentpole or flag that you can plan and you can look back at, mm. I guess, in, in years to come. Where was I, you know, and 
October of 2020, you know, what was on my mind, what was I grateful for. But my Thanksgiving almost always, as Pastor Ed was saying, it's around the character of, of Christ. I'm just so grateful for his attributes. I mean, he's just, he's faithful, you know, I mean. Um, he's perfect. He's yeah. everything I it, wish I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to just give him praise yeah, for that. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I write. I've been journaling probably consistently now for the last three years. I mean, you really helped me in that. I mean, I'm so grateful to you on how you enter into the, your time with the Lord. It really modeled for me. And so my life, my you know, my devotional time is much different now mm-hmm. than it was before. And it's only growing over time. But it is that uh, if I have trouble with gratitude, I'm sitting there praying. I go, okay, I got I to gotta get out my journal and just start writing it down. Yeah. Well, I think we've given people a lot to think about and hopefully everyone listening has found something that they can grab onto and and practice you know it's not enough to hear we've got to do and um, god is worthy we've heard that his character is is so perfect that there's always something to give him thanks for and it's you know it's commanded We've, we've got to do it and in that obedience, he just showers us with blessings. I wonder how many people are missing so many blessings because they've withheld that one thing, gratitude. So yeah. may God turn us all around. Yeah, and I would even say, you know, showers us with relationship uh, mm. so that mm. we get the understanding that it's not just a couple of outward blessings oh, that yeah, are going to yeah, make yeah. my life a little better. Yeah, but, that's right. But I get something deeper in the Lord yeah, through that's it right. that's that right. really changes me. Amen. Well, I hope you were encouraged and blessed by today's show. And if you'd like to hear more of Kim, Stephanie, and Aaron's testimonies, we're going to be featuring those in a number of episodes geared toward wives that will start right after our current series, Four Parents. So join us next week for part four, The Urgent Need for Biblical Fathers. Happy Thanksgiving. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.